welcome back guys to the Four Cripplet Sports Show. Hopefully you guys are having a good day today or a good morning so far. Well it's morning when I'm recording this. Probably be afternoon by the time you guys see this, or maybe maybe morning still. Probably the morning still most likely. Anyway guys, good morning. Hopefully you guys are doing well this uh fine Thursday morning. So um getting closer to the uh Super Bowl. Only a couple days left, almost at the end of the week here. I am, let me just tell you, I am, I, I am excited for this game, dude. I am, this game is going to be great. I am so excited. Also, uh, but you know, it's also kind of sad because it's like, you know, we get happy to see these, you know, to get these types of games, you know, whenever the Super Bowl comes. But then you think about it some more and you're like wait though like the season's gonna be over after this though so it, it sucks when you think about it that way but you know it's it, it's 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 a fun last game but anyway let's get into today's episode it's gonna consist of an uh, NFL mainly NFL topics topics and we have a couple NBA things to talk about too Let's get into it. So, first thing here is the league is basically just, you know, continuing to promote and to continue to, and continuing to, um, you know, show that health and safety is their main priority, you know, with Super Bowl week here, as we're in the final stretch of the NFL season. And, you know, one, you know, make sure we have one final game to do it right before anything bad happens. So, leading up into this game, so, oh yeah. As the season comes to its close, NFL, I apologize for that, guys. I don't know what I was trying to say there. As the season comes to its close, the NFL and NFLPA, a.k.a. the Players Association, are carrying on with COVID-19 protocols through the final second of the season in Tampa, Florida. Super Bowl and host Raymond James Stadium will look vastly different with the health and safety of all involved paramount at the big game. It's brought out. It's brought about an abundance of safety protocols and even construction for a seating area for players. The active roster and LED screens covering several rows of each section to allow a twenty-foot buffer between fans and team personnel. All of uh, this is a statement given by someone in an interview. Senior Director Eric Finkel, Finkelstein for the NFL. This is what he had to say. Quote, all of that work is in the process of being done, but it's a key piece that we're all that we're all working through to get ready to keep the building safe and everyone in attendance safe. End quote. So yeah, that's really just the biggest priority here. You know, you make sure everyone's safe. Make sure everyone feels comfortable too because you don't want to go to the game and, you know, because it's there's two two completely different things here, right? It, it's it's one thing to say, hey, 
you're going to come to the game knowing that it's safe. But then it's a whole other thing to say. It's one thing to say that it's going to be you're going to the game safe. You're going to the game with all this with this whole situation in mind and there and with them understanding that. But then it's another thing to say you know that they Oh, what was I trying to say here? Coming, he's talking about, you know, having people safe, keeping the building safe. It would, and I'm not saying that this is happening. I'm just saying it's one, it would be one thing to say that this, you know, that the stadium is being, that when you're going to that, going to this game, that traveling to go to this game, that it's going to be, you know, that's going to be safe for everyone. It's one thing to say that it's going to be safe for everyone, but then it's a one another thing to actually do the, but then it's another thing to actually go through the process. That's what I was trying to say. I couldn't get the words out for some reason. But yeah, so it's one thing to say that you're going to travel to the, go to the game and that they're going to be keeping this stuff. You know, they're going to be keeping everyone safe and making sure that everyone's safe and, and, uh, and uh, comfortable, but then it's another thing to actually go through the process. And so the fact that, you know, they really are like, not only are they doing what they said they're gonna do, but they're also doing a little bit more, mainly because this is the final game and this is the most fans that we've had all season long. And um, what's, you know, that's kind of something I was expecting, you know? Try to, you know, the, the fact that they're going to try and get as many fans as possible for this final game. You know, I, I kind of was, I didn't know, and this was, you know, I, I started thinking about this well before the, um, the whole 7,500 healthcare workers idea came out. Even before that came out, I was thinking like, what if, you know, are they going to bring in more, you know, as much fans as possible for this final one final game? And then just go above and beyond with the health and safety precautions. You know, just do what you got to do and more to make everyone feel safe. And, um, yeah, and I, you know, and then when I heard about the 7,500 healthcare workers and then the 1,500, whatever it was, fans, I was like, oh, this is pretty cool. So, I don't mind it, you know. I, I, this is going to be cool. It's going to be fun because we don't want, you know... I don't know. I mean, fans there is better than absolutely no fans in general. I mean, hell, it could have even, you know, we're, you know, and despite this whole year, I think, you know, I think that we're still somewhat lucky. We could be entering the Super Bowl, and I know it's kind of weird to say. It's kind of weird to say, like, how could we be lucky in a season like this? Okay. I think we're kind of lucky because... We could be entering a season without any, we could be entering a Super Bowl without any fans. You know, we get to at least go there, we get to at least watch a game with fans. You know, a Super Bowl with fans anyway. So in, in a way we're kind of lucky, I, I feel like. But, um, I know I was, ram uh, you know, rambling on about that for a little bit, so I do apologize. But finishing up here, it says 7,500 the 75,000 capacity Raymond James Stadium will seat 25,000 
and many of them will be vaccinated healthcare workers who will take in the big game of special guests. And this is what the NFL events director, Daphne Wood, the NFL's events director, had to say about all this, uh, about bringing in healthcare workers. By saying, quote, the NFL's gift to her most important MVPs, people who have literally put everything on the line to help us as a nation recover from COVID-19, end quote. Yeah, this is really just a, uh, you know, if, if you could have done anything for these people in return for everything they've done over the past year and up to this point, uh, I think that this would be one of the biggest things that you could do. I think this is probably... I mean, for what you can allow them to do, for what you can, as a big gift for what you can present to them, this is probably the best thing right now that you can do, considering everything going on. This is probably the best thing that you could bring them to up to this point. This is the biggest thing going on right now. This is also the biggest event that we've had in a long time. So everyone's going to be cherishing this, even at home, you know. I know that the Super Bowl is always exciting, but there's going to be a lot of people really, you know, really cherishing it more because this is the biggest event that we've had. And, um, you know, with everything on lockdown and closed down and stuff. So this is really, really cool to see. And it makes us feel like there's some normalcy coming back here. But um, again, guys, I, I forgot to mention before, I'm going to have all my social media links and all of the podcast, you know, um, topic links in this description below again let me know what you guys think about you know the things that we talk about like this let me know what you guys think about this stuff but anyway moving on here i did kind of ramble on there for a minute so i do apologize but moving on here uh cardinals wide receiver larry fitzgerald has quote no timeline end quote on retirement decision so i i might have been this up because he did have, you know, a little rocky season. He he was kind of plagued with some injury this season. And uh, took him out for a little while. Or not a little while, but took him out, you know, at least a couple games here and there. Um, but yeah, so, goes on to say that Drew Brees isn't the only one whose future remains in the balance, tells Larry Fitzgerald whether he'll return to the Cardinals for an 18th season or just retire. This week's Waste Management Phoenix Open, Pro-Am, Fitzgerald City has no timeline on whether to decide to play or retire. Quote, just taking it day by day, end quote. So, yeah, I mean... And obviously, receiver is such a huge position nowadays. You know, and obviously, he doesn't play every snap like he used to. But um, to be able to play though at thirty-seven years old at a receiver in a receiver position, and the fact that you can enter a game and still think that he's scary is really weird to think about. Um, you know, you should be able to. It, it's almost kind of like a. It's almost kind of like a, a cheat. You shouldn't be able to enter a game. You shouldn't be able to, um, you know, be a fan of a team that's going up against the Cardinals and actually be scared of Larry Fitzgerald at 37. That's honestly kind of 
it's kind, of, it's kind of weird to think about that you can still be that way. I know that, um, you know, when the Patriots faced the Cardinals in 20, it would have been 2016. Yeah, when he was suspended. Or 2016. Yeah, I don't know, 2016. When he was suspended 2016, and in the you know, regular season game against the Cardinals week two, I was still scared of Fitzgerald. Of course, he wasn't 37. He was like 34 still. Um, he was like 32 or like 33, 34 around the time. But it's just the fact that he could be in his 30s like that and still be scary. You know, it, it's, 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 um, you know, it's all part of the, uh, you know, it's all part of the game. It's just, it's how it goes. But uh, moving on here, what he also talks about is article also consists of this piece here saying that the 37-year-old Fitzgerald felt, quote, pretty banged up, end quote, at the end of the season, but feels fresher now that he's a month removed from the season. Yeah, I mean, that's probably, and that's not even just him. I mean, that's younger guys, too. They're going to be banged up. You know, it's a long season. It's a long haul. A lot of us fans may be like, oh, well, 16 games isn't compared to the NBA season. Well, yeah, you're you're not wrong. It is a lot more. But um, it's 16 games. It's still a long time. And even, you know, and you think that this is a long time. Well, if we enter next season, that's going to be a 17th game. You know, so, you know, it's going to be, you know, you know there's going to be 17 games now. So it's going to go up until week 18 because of, well, actually, actually, I think they said either it's going to be an 18 game season because they're including the, I think they're, I think they said 18 and that's including your bye week. So you're actually playing 17 games now. Yeah, that's right. That's, that's what it was. It's an 18, they're playing 18 season, 18 week season, but they're taking into consideration the bye week, so you're actually only playing 17, but they're calling it an 18 week season. So, yeah, even next year, you know, we think about this year, but next year we're getting a game extra, and then they're going to, you know, it pushes back the uh, postseason and the Super Bowl a little bit. So it'll be most likely be the second week of February next year instead of moving going forward instead of the first. You know, it's always been the first week of February. This week, it's, this year, it's going to be the, the you know, the I think next year, it'll be going into the second week, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but yeah, it'll be pretty exciting to see how that goes too. But anyway, so... Just wanted to bring this to your guys' attention. Didn't really know how much it really mattered right now. Just kind of taking it day by day. Probably just enjoying family right now until he really has to make a decision. Obviously, the season not even over yet, but for them it is. Just ended, so, you know, they don't have anything. He doesn't need to make any decision anytime soon, for sure. So, take your time on that, Larry, and uh, make your decision when you need to. Moving on here, I thought this was pretty incredible thinking about this. So, the chief medical officer of the NFL, Dr. Alan Sills, I've talked about him before here on the pod, um, whenever I talk about COVID on here, 
So this is, I just thought these number, numbers were stunning. Sorry about that, guys sniffling. Sorry about that. But, um, yeah, so Dr. Allen Sills announced Wednesday during a conference call the numbers from August 1st to up to, you know, up to this point when it comes to COVID in the, you know, in the NFL. These are the numbers that he had presented to us, so. The COVID-19 positivity rate in the NFL for this season was 0.08%. Are you kidding me? And that, you know, that is just such a low number. And, you know, not only is it, you know, a... Not only is it, you know, a credit to the NFL, but, you know, you also got to think of the fact that it's also really a credit to, you know, for what they've been able to do, but it's also a credit to the players to actually follow along. And I know that it's, you know, you can be like, okay, well, it's not that hard when, you know, and I understand it's not hard to do. It's not really that hard to follow along considering there's not much to do in the outside world anyway. So it's not like you're, it's not like you got much of a choice, which, you know, is, I mean, there's more open now than there was in the start of the season, but, you know, there's still up to this point, not that much to do. So, so for, to say that the players have to, you know, follow along the fact that they are actually doing it and actually listening isn't that surprising because they have to do it anyway. I mean, what else is there really to do? And they're going to get in trouble if they go out. So, and I think that's probably the biggest thing here is the fact that they'd get in trouble for going out in public. Like if they get caught on a video, on a video camera out in public, they're going to get fined. So even if they do go out, they're going to get noticed and they're going to get fined for it. And I know seasons past, they usually don't care. Depending on what you do, they'll find you, but um, I think that, you know, this season they really stepped it up, and uh, I think they probably got, you know, I, I, I think personally between, you know, between all this is that I think the NFL secretly has, you know, secretly has some inside knowledge from, from really popular businesses in all in all 32 of the different states that these teams are in so each state that has an NFL team for all 32 cities I think the NFL has inside knowledge on the most popular businesses in all 32 of the states where a player most will most likely go and if a player shows up they'll get the NFL will get inside knowledge on it I feel like the NFL is probably doing that this year I wouldn't be very much of a surprise if that's if they were doing that. I don't know if it's something they'll disclose or not. But anyway, we're getting off topic here. So, but yeah, zero point zero eight, and those numbers pertained to few cases that could have expected NFL players just lived with their communities within their communities. So yeah, that's basically what I was saying. Like, if they were to actually have been able to go, you know, if they actually would have like went out and like actually had things to actually go and do the number would be higher. But the fact that there is technically still a lockdown for some people and the fact that, well, for the NFL players, they technically are because they're not allowed to go out. So if they were allowed to and if they were and if they would have done it, this number would be a lot higher.
And, um, and not, you know, even though there'd be a fine, the players could still have gone out. But it's, you know, the fact that they still listen is pretty good. And uh, the last remaining numbers here are there. The NFL saw a rate of 262 COVID-19 cases among players and 463 among other personnel. So, if you think about this from August 1st until up to this point, these numbers are actually kind of spectacular. These numbers are actually pretty good. And uh, if we need to you know, continue in the next NFL season with COVID protocols again, I think that they continue with this protocol. Maybe even update it a little bit. So, uh, hopefully no, but if they do, then, you know, this would be, you know, they got somewhere to, they got somewhere to start out again. They got, you know, they got some, they got some place to start. They don't have to look for a whole new fresh beginning. They have some place to begin, some place to, uh, you know, they got a, they got a, they got somewhere to start instead of having to go on ground zero. They just have a plan already built for them. So that's good to know. And, uh, moving on here. This is, this was yesterday, but this was Wednesday's injury and roster news, you know, moving on into the week. I didn't see anything of this for today yet, so this, keep in mind, this will be for Wednesday. First thing here is receiver Antonio Brown with a knee. Linebacker Levante David with a hamstring. And safeties Jordan Whitehead with a shoulder and Antoine Winfield Jr. with an ankle were all limited in Wednesday's session, Coach Bruce Arians confirmed to reporters. Arians also added, quote, most of them looked pretty good, end quote. So that's some that's good news to hear. There is some progress being made here, so that's pretty good. Um, you always like to see progress being made with these guys because these are the guys that you know we're looking at the most when it comes to when you know you think about the Buccaneers these are the guys you think about the most Antonio Brown, Levante David, Jordan Whitehead, Antoine Winfield. I mean these guys make up the you know Antonio Brown makes up the Buccaneers offense. He you know he helps progress that, and then you got Levante David, Antoine Winfield, and Jordan Whitehead. They all make up that you know that killer Buccaneer defense. You know, they're the guys that make this, a, you know, a great defense. And if you have to go with all three of these guys against the Chiefs in the Super Bowl, I'm not saying that you're out of the game, but I'm saying that you're going to have a really tough time because of how many weapons they have. You're going to want the best guys that you have on these guys. You know, you're going to want, you're going to want the best possible defensive players that you can get for this game and put these guys on those receivers because you're going to need them. I mean, they got too many weapons to be missing key defensive players. You know, no one's been ruled out yet. No one's been ruled good to go yet. So everyone's kind of neutral right now. Everyone's still just taking it day by day. We, we still don't know anything about anyone, you know. So this is some very serious injuries. But uh, continue to progress from last weekend. So... Moving on to what they have to also have to talk about is Brown wasn't able to go either in the NFC Championship game due to his knee issue, which has had two weeks to rest and heal with the hope that he'll be available for Sunday's Super Bowl, which if that's the case, he's going to have a lot of rest and go into that game with a lot of energy. Uh, the receiver, a.k.a. Antonio Brown, told reporters that, quote, the arrow is pointing up as the week continues to unfold, end quote, regarding his injured knee. So 
Yeah, and I would I would assume it would, you know, again, like they mentioned, having two weeks off, I would I would assume that, you know, going into this week, it was only getting progress you know, it was only progressing. And um, you know, I guess the good news here is is even though he hasn't been ruled good to go to play or ruled out yet, despite not knowing anything yet, I think it's good to know that he hasn't been ruled out. You know, I think that if he would have been ruled out, you would think that they would have had enough time up to this point to say, you know what, he's going to play. Or, no, he's not going to play. You you would think that, you know, they had enough time to believe that if he wasn't going to be good to go, and he'd have to sit out the Super Bowl forcefully, they would have already, you know, they would have decided it in the beginning of the week. You know, like Monday, Tuesday. We're now Thursday. And, um... Yeah, I just think that they would have, you know, there's enough time now to where they would have already decided that. Like, they would have said, he's not going to play. And they would have, you know, they would have confirmed that beginning of the week. Although, you know, it, at the same time, though, it, it could also be bad enough to where it's it's still right down the middle. And they just really don't know. And it could be that, too. It, it could, I mean, take it how you want. It, it's one of those things. Uh, you know, that you take it how you want, you know, hear it, you know, take what you want from the article, take what you want from the information given to you. And, uh, yeah, I just think, I just think it could be one of those right down the middle things. And that's probably more than likely what it is. You know, it's probably just so down the middle that they really don't know what to call. And I, I, I personally think that this is going to come down to, you know, I, I really think it's going to come down to how well he continues to progress and does he regress during the week because if he does they're most likely going to sit him you know but you know you don't know he could regress a little bit and then he could jump a whole lot the next day and i don't really know when their next last practice is for the super bowl it's probably going to be friday saturday one of those two days I don't think they're going to practice on a Saturday, a day before the Super Bowl. It's probably going to be a Friday. Give them a day off to rest, to heal from practice. Uh, but, yeah, so it's kind of interesting. I don't know. And then moving on with the other guys here. Um, moving on with the other guys here. Winfield was also unable to play in the conference title game as well, but seems to be on pace to re potentially return as well, like Antonio Brown, with fellow safety Whitehead, who Arian said was wearing a non-contact jersey, but, quote, was flying around looking pretty good, end quote. So that is great to hear as well. Winfield told reporters that he'll play on Sunday. James NFL Network's James Palmer reported, the safety has been a stud as a rookie and would provide a big boost to Tampa Bay secondary, which will be tasked with trying to limit Kansas City's high-powered offense Sunday. In addition to those designations, the Bucks later announced wide receivers Mike Evans with a knee injury and Chris Godwin and hip and quad were full participants, and linebacker Jason Pierre-Paul knee did not practice. So that is not good to hear. He, he could potentially be out. And here's just everything else the NFL is monitoring on Wednesday going, going forward here. 
Chiefs left tackle Eric Fisher with an Achilles and linebacker Willie Gay knee were only the were the only Chiefs players who did not practice Wednesday. Receiver Sammy Watkins, calf, and running back Le'Veon Bell were limited. Quarterback Patrick Mahomes' toe, along with running back Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, ankle, hip. Cornerback Rashad, Fe- Rashad Fenton, foot. Offensive lineman Mike Rivers, Rowan. Cornerback Legereus Sneed, concussion. And offensive lineman Andrew Will- Wiley, ankle, were each listed as full participants on the team's official injury report. There's no way in hell Patrick Mahomes is missing this game. There's no way. But I'm not going to read the rest of this stuff on here. I'll let you guys do that whenever I link it, when I link it down below. I'll let you guys read that for you guys for you guys to read for yourselves. But um, I think what we're going to do now is we're going to take a break. And then when we come back from the break, we will finish this episode out. So yeah, we'll back. All right, guys, welcome back from the break. So if you guys didn't miss if you guys saw before this we got done talking about the uh, Wednesday's injury and news roster news report and like I said you guys can I'll have everything linked down below so you guys can read the rest of that article the rest of that the other um news they were following for you guys for yourselves you guys can see that uh, it was just too much random stuff anyway so next thing here is as like i said as we kind of get into this final stretch of the last final preparation for covid as we get into this last week of the final preparations for the final game of the nfl season the nfl is continuing their ritual of doing positive or doing COVID-19, um, their COVID-19 vaccination rounds continuing to do, you know, continuing to test players like normal, except this year, except now they're not doing the entire, except this, except this time around, they're not doing the entire league. They're only doing two teams because only two teams are playing. So it says there's no positive COVID-19 tests for the Chiefs and the Bucks players after latest round of testing. Heading into the final week of the season, leading up to the final game of the year. One step closer to getting the all clear for Super Bowl 55 in Tampa. They just continue to make their little rounds, continue to do things to officially confirm the Super Bowl as a go. Right now it is still on, but they need official confirmation for this, for the, you know, Notable reason of COVID-19, make sure there is no, you know, make sure that there's nothing to back it up or to cancel it. So, it says up to this point, though, only two Chiefs players, receiver Demarcus Robinson and center Daniel Kilgore, who remain on the COVID list as a high-risk close contact after getting haircuts by a barber who tested positive. Neither Robinson nor Kilgore have themselves tested positive. Uh, so what needs to happen is they just need to continue to isolate and continue to get tested when they need to at the appropriate times. And then should they continue to test negative, they will 
be good to be, they, you know, they'll be good and cleared for the game. Now, the only problem with this is because of this, they're not allowed to practice or do anything. So even if they do both get to play, they're both going to be playing on limited practice. And I'm sure they'll get, I'm sure because of this, they'll get a little bit of time to look at the, uh, you know, look at the game plan, look at whatever, you know, whatever the team's got as a preparation. I'm sure they'll both get some sort of insight that or they'll barely play. I mean, it's easier for a center than a receiver. So I'm sure Demarcus Robinson will get some playbook preparation in at some point by himself or whatever. So anyway, that's that. So the latest run of COVID-19 testing returning, no positive tests, excellent sign as Super Bowl week uh, presses onward. So that's good to hear. So there's that. Kind of a small little article, just, again, no positive tests, nothing, so it's good. Here is the final two things. These are both NBA topics here, so this first NBA thing we talk about is the NBA is updating and standardizing its mask protocol once again. As you guys know, up to this point, there have been a couple, and I've covered them all in the podcast. I think there have been two other... I think there have been two other instances where the league updated its mask protocol and they, they continue to do it depending on where the virus, you know, where the virus stands at the time. Is it getting worse? Is it getting better? If it's getting better, they'll lessen it. No, they'll update it and make it, you know, lessen it. Or if it's getting, you know, if it's getting worse, they'll, stri- they'll, they'll more, they'll strict, they'll be, they'll make this, you know, the mask protocol more strict. Or they'll lessen it, depending on where it's, you know, heading towards. So they have to continue to update it, depending on where the virus is standing at the time. But the NBA, up to this point, announced that they will still be requiring teams to utilize the KN95 and the KF94 masks starting next week. ESPN's Tim Dontemps provided the details on the league's new expectations in regards to new masks. This is a memo sent to all teams. As NBA continues to tighten its health and safety protocols to combat the COVID-19 vaccine pandemic, I mean, the league will begin requiring players to wear K9, KN95 or KF94 masks in all instances when required. According to a report from Buntemps, the new protocol will go underway after the NBA distributes supplies to each team over the next several days. The policy will go into effect into the next week. The league is in the process of getting masks for all three te- all thirty teams before making it mandatory that they are worn. Starting with Games Friday, the NBA also plans to more strictly enforce current rules regarding the use of face masks. On Monday, the matchup between the Pistons and Nuggets became the latest contest to be postponed. Due to COVID-19 protocols, standardizing the masks that are utilized by teams is the latest action undertaken by the NBA as the league attempts to trudge through its schedule during a global pandemic. So it seems like it's kind of trending backwards a little bit, just kind of strict, you know, just kind of make it more strict a little bit as, as much as it sucks. Just kind of make it more, you know, more, you know, make it a requirement you know, more often when you're going out as far as your, you know, as far as work-related business goes, you're going to have to wear it a lot more often, it seems like, as than you do now. 
So it it really does suck, but unfortunately it's the way it's got to be. It's either this or postponing again. And uh, last thing here, finally, the last thing we got to talk about is, this is some good news. The Suns will be welcoming in fans into their renovated arena starting this weekend. And they say it like that because in the offseason, the Suns renovated Talking Stick Resort Arena and no fans been able to, you know, no fans have been able to experience it yet. So this is how it's going to work. They are going to be the Suns this weekend will become the 10th NBA team to welcome fans into the building when on February 7th they invite local healthcare workers to the arena to watch the Suns take on the Celtics. Starting the next night, Monday, February 8th, season ticket holders will get their first chance to take in a game at the newly renovated and remodeled but still unsponsored Phoenix Suns Arena. Up to 1,500 fans will be allowed into games to start. In addition, the suites, which can be filled up to 25% of capacity, tickets go on sale Thursday. The change comes as Arizona's COVID-19 numbers take a dip, with the state's rate of reproduction dwindling to 0.8 as of Wednesday, meaning the epidemic is shrinking here. At the same time, the Coyotes have been hosting nearly 3,000 fans per game in Glendale since the start of the NHL season. And as much as Arizona sports teams struggled financially during good economic times, they're likely to in they're likely in very dire straits now with revenue cut dramatically. So that is cool to see that you know we're being able to see fans again, you know, in certain arenas and whatnot. So that is. fantastic to hear but uh, hey guys that is actually going to do it for today's episode of the full quicklet sports show thank you guys so much for being here thank you guys for listening to today's episode i really do appreciate it and thank you guys so much for the support as well i really couldn't say it enough so again i do appreciate it and uh yeah so i said that's gonna do it and i'll see you guys next time